this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast, I talked to Faye Cornhill, who's a wedding business coach. I wanted to ask her more about how she niched within the wedding industry and within the wedding business industry. And we had that conversation, but I also couldn't pass up the opportunity to see how she's been supporting her community over the last year during the pandemic, given all the changes to the wedding business industry and events overall. It was lovely to hear how Faye has supported them in their mindset, but also helped herself with her mindset as the news has developed over the last year of openings and closings, and most recently, openings again in summer 2021. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Faye is brilliant at sharing exactly what she did around her niche as well. So if you're struggling with that area of your business, keep listening and you'll hear what advice she has for business owners. I hope you enjoy the episode. This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. How did you manage that with Harry then? What, did you, how, what boundaries did you put in place with the photography? I'll be honest, early on, I, I just worked my fingers to the bone. It was the first business that I'd ever started and I didn't know. I didn't know. There were so mm. many things I didn't know about, you know, how far I was willing to go to create the success I always thought I really wanted. And then when you're met with it right in your face, it's like, blooming heck, this is actually quite full on. And it was writing the book last year that really brought all of that back was, was tuning back into what I actually had to do to ride that wave of being able to say goodbye to a corporate job and do the thing that I really love doing whilst having a baby. That's a lot. It was it was full on it really was and I look at my I mean it was me that was there but I do sometimes think blimey (laughs) like you did all right there girl but you you know I'm not sure anyone ever gets it right do they that transition to one thing to the other when you're making stuff up the whole way as in you are learning how to run a business I was learning to be a mother I was learning to leave him with somebody else so that I could go and do the corporate job that I really hated. But the thing that I remember most was this burning thing inside, which was, if I don't do this, I will never do it. And then I will always live with regret. The fear of the regret was just so much heavier than the fear of pulling up my sleeves and doing the hard work. Yeah. Yeah, but three massive life changes at the same time. Which ones did you drop back? Which one did you drop back first and then second? Well, you can't drop back parenting. No, but we had to do, we, we had to cut back on things that we didn't want to cut back on. There was a long period of time because I didn't give up. I ran with that corporate job for quite a while. I was saying the other day, actually, one of the most heartbreaking things for me was when I had to miss a sports day because my corporate job would not let me have the time off. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but inside I was so sad. I was so sad about that. And it only took one sports day to think I'm never missing this or a tennis match or a ballet show or a whatever it might be. And that was the sort of awakening that I really needed to shake me into action. Between that first moment and getting to that stage, we had to cut back a lot. We didn't go on holidays. We bought cheaper food. I do worry a little bit sometimes about this illusion that's created in the coaching industry is that 
you can one day set up your coaching business and then the next day you've got it all. And I think, well, that didn't really happen for me. I know from an external perspective, people might see that and think that and feel that, but I cut back on so much. We didn't go on holiday. I didn't buy new things. We didn't do things. All I did was go to work, then set up my business, then go back to work saying that and wearing it as a badge of honor but that's what I had to do to get to the place where I really wanted to be do you think you knew that at the time around like where you might end up now I mean this is a good decade ago isn't it that you're talking about I had no idea I trusted my intuition that photography was going to be this thing that opened some doors but I didn't think I would end up here but now I'm here I'm like oh that's why I did all of that stuff that's why I started my photography business and actually without that and without working in the industry for so long and making all of the mistakes I made I would never be in a position to be able to help other people navigate that same journey oh my goodness uh shall I just introduce you now Faye? <laughs> yes I've got Faye Cornhill here, who I'm very excited to be talking to today for uh, a very interesting chat. I think it'll be twofold. It'll be a little bit about coaching and quite a lot about the wedding business industry, mm-hmm. if she so pleases. Um, <laughs> Faye, tell us where is now then? We started off by halfway through a conversation talking about where you were. Where, where are you now? Who do you say you work with and what do you do? So I work with people who run businesses in the wedding industry and I run a club called the wedding business club it's my pride and my joy and everything that makes me happy so it's a private community of the most amazing humans and the thing that we have in common is that we have clients in the wedding industry and obviously we're talking in 2021 Mm. you have been through like everyone else this last year in the pandemic I would love to know how have you and they your community managed over this last year given how much restriction there's been over the wedding industry it's been really horrid I'm not even sure there's the right word to describe it and it was so sudden because I don't no one expected it did they no one knew the gravity of the situation but when somebody sort of pulls the shutter down on not just your business for the next week or the weekend or you know we're out for spring it's like boom, the shutters came down for all of us. And when I go back to spring, sort of April time, it was it was just shell shock for so many people because it's almost like you're back at square one. You've suddenly, all of your clients are just gone because everyone's postponed their wedding. We don't know when they're coming back. There was confusion, there was upset, there was massive amounts of fear and yeah. panic. And it was a really, really sad time. I'm lucky to work with such an amazing community that the strength and resilience my people have shown has been incredible. It's not been without tears and all of the other emotions, but it's been inspirational to see how people have shown up for themselves. And I really don't like the word, but pivoted to a place where they could bring some money in and showing up for themselves and doing what they could do, focusing on what was possible instead of just sitting in a place of this is no longer possible for me yeah it's been an interesting 12 months you as their coach what have you noticed you've been coaching your community on mostly I mean clearly you probably cover a lot for them what would you say the biggest issues or topics or areas you're supporting them in are it's 
actually what it always has been, which is mindset. And it's one of the understated parts of running a wedding business. You know, someone can have a dream. Oh, I'd really like to be a florist and I'd love to make flowers for weddings. And it sounds lovely, but the amount that people underestimate, the, the toll that it takes on your mindset is huge. The wedding industry is vast. There's lots of us, which is what makes it fabulous, but also what brings up so many sticky gray areas for people. You know, Emily, you came to talk to my community about imposter syndrome, which is a huge, huge issue yeah. for so many people in our industry. So we've done a lot of mindset work this last 12 months, and that has predominantly been focusing on what we are capable of, mm. even when you are faced with what feels like the end of your business, focusing on taking that one teeny tiny step towards something that you can do. And that's that's how we re rebuilt the foundations of our business. That's what all of us did as a community. Right. Yeah, it was a joy to watch. Have you noticed there's a type of business that has thrived? You talked about pivoting and, you know, obviously not loving the word. I, I know what you mean. <laughs> Is it the ones that have pivoted and are happy that have been most successful or is there another element to how they've survived over the last year? Yeah, it's, that's a really good question. I think it's people that have been open to change, knowing it could just be a flex rather than a permanent move. Because I think when someone, you know, if, you're, if your business is like a chessboard and you only own half the pieces, there's always someone else playing along, isn't there? And when someone else moves a piece and suddenly you're thinking, ah, I've got, I've got nowhere to go. I'm, I'm out of this. It's so easy to just, you know, put your hands up and say, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. But actually people were being flexible in ways that they perhaps wouldn't have previously done thinking outside the box, you know, for example, people who make cakes, design cakes, they couldn't make wedding cakes. Could they start looking at other cakes that they could make? Mother's Day, birthday celebration. I know this doesn't suit everyone. It was that, you know, elasticity of the mindset to say, right, well, I'm not giving up on this. So I'm going to find a way to carry on with my business. And it's those people that are hanging on in there. And what that's amazing about elasticity, because that's the word we use around resilience, isn't it? Mm, around yeah. being able to flex, like you said, your boundary. And you might be able to ping back or bounce back the same or even uh, through growth, which sounds like what a lot of your community have done. Yeah. So many people have tried different things and then thought, oh, actually, <laughs> I quite like this over here. And I was saying to them actually the other day, you know, Sometimes in, in life and in your business, you just have to try on a new pair of shoes. You might not actually like them or be able to walk in them. They might not suit your the rest of your wardrobe or your lifestyle, but you can just try them on and sometimes you might be surprised. It's almost like a kind of relaxed way of easing into something, isn't it? Like it doesn't have to work. You can have a go. Maybe how you help your child start their first day of school. <laughs> yes. yes. You just see how this goes. Yeah. <laughs> And is it fair to say that a lot of your community are women and therefore they've also been impacted this last year with kids at home? And obviously men have been too, but we know from the reports that it's mostly been women that have dealt with a lot of the stuff at home. Has yeah, that I think that is the case. We do have some wonderful chaps in our mm -hmm. wedding business club and that will always be the case. But yeah, pre predominantly, we're talking about a lot of women that have been really affected by this mm. and have been doing the juggle of homeschooling, which has, 
you know, it's, we're not just talking about the time, it's the headspace as well. So it's been full on. And um, for a lot of people, schools reopening has been a real blessing in tandem with, you know, knowing when weddings can happen again. Yes. Which was an amazing feeling just to have a date. And that is April, am I correct? So it's like a staggered approach um, up to 21st of June, which is the date that I'm just thinking of where there's hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, all the rest of it, no limitations on numbers of weddings. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Faye, then how, if you support, if you have predominantly, you know, worked around mindset and that's what you've said you've always been doing even before the pandemic, how have you helped your mindset over this last year? Because you've had kids at home too. You've had a busy <laughs> business. Yeah, I, it started wobbly. I was, I'll be honest, in early April, I sat at my kitchen table and I just started crying and I just didn't know what I was going to do because I have my two businesses and both of them are in the wedding industry so overnight photography gone all of my weddings just evaporated my wedding business club which is my pride and my joy you know my my members of my club are suddenly in financial hardship so may not be able to stay in the club we lost members early on And I just, I had a real feeling of panic, one that I've not experienced in a long time, which was, I don't know what I'm actually going to do. And I think sometimes you've just got to let yourself go to that place. We have this thing where (laughs) I always say to my husband, what's the worst case scenario? And normally that gets me out of it. But actually in this situation, the worst case scenario looked bleak, right? really bleak not just for me, my business, my family, just everything. And I know so many people had it worse than me, but I just gave myself that opportunity to Mm. feel sad for the future. Mm. And then I went into major serving mode, like an absolute crazy woman, (laughs) which is normally what I do anyway, when the chips are down or I'm like, I need to generate some more money in my life. Okay, let's go and help the people that I know need my support. But I really went to town on it. And I said to myself, if I show up for my people as somebody, the source of faith, the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel, then this will come back on me tenfold when we're out of this, which we will be. And I added four more sessions every month. So we went from one session together to four sessions, weekly sessions. Wow. I was in my group daily answering questions helping people just sending virtual hugs and I think it made all the difference to me because I wasn't letting too much of the doubt creep in because I was busy showing up for people yes and they needed it because they were in the same situation as me I think that's beautiful as well and and to be focused on serving so it's not about kind of grabbing and and being out there and checking everything as you know loads of us were because it was impossible to to kind of turn it off very much at the beginning yeah I think actually it sounds like you embedded in a little bit and has that served you now a year later definitely definitely I think the relationships that I have with people you you know um even outside of business if you go through a difficult situation or a trauma, or some upset, or you go through a journey of any sort with someone, it just makes you closer, doesn't it? It just does. You know that saying, thick as thieves. Well, that's because you went through something together. 
And I think we've now got that narrative in our community where we came through this together and we we did it and we're, you know, the light isn't just at the end of the tunnel, it's actually shining right in front of us now. And any minute we're going to have that. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's strengthened many of the relationships that I've got with people in my mm. community. That's really beautiful to be where we are. And we're obviously recording in March 21. So not just the light showing up, but to be where we are. And you saying that is really powerful. Do you know what, actually, just to follow on from that as well was I I sort of I went 10 to the dozen at serving. But what I also did was allowed myself to be more me than I was normally, if that makes sense. So I... And I think this came from having a bit more time, you know, suddenly not having to do the school run or take one to rugby and one to hockey and then off left, right and centre. I spent a lot of time really being very thoughtful and intentional about the content that I was putting out there. I was aware that the people that were following me were in a, you know, crisis point with their business. I went very, very thoughtful about the, the content that I put out there. I made choices about what I, you know about groups that I wasn't part of and voices that I didn't want to align with. Mm -hmm. And um, that was quite a powerful experience for me. I also didn't shy away from launching. And I had some, yeah, I had some conversations about this because actually in, in May, I opened the doors to the community, which was always my plan that, you know, in December 2019, I knew that May was when I was going to open the doors. And, you know, suddenly in March, I thought, well, I can't possibly do that. How can I possibly suddenly ask people in an awful situation for money? So the mind monkeys really kicked in. And then I... I really flipped that on the head and I showed up and I, I served those people as best as I possibly could. And it was so interesting because so many coaches, fellow coaches reached out to me and said, thank you for showing up and for making me believe that it is okay to still sell in this climate. And I hadn't really realized the impact it would have. I, I thought, just thought it was me and, you know, our wedding industry people, but so many coaches reach me reach out to me and and said that which I thought was really interesting fascinating and I think I don't remember whether I did but I I think we had a conversation around the same time and I remember thinking that as well like Mm. around the people who are showing up and are showing up well are going to show up like you said brightly because actually back to your point about you maybe adjusted your content I I get the impression you're saying you felt more confident to say bold things is that right yes I think that is right actually I whichever part of the industry of whichever industry you're in there will always be different viewpoints different vantage points and I've always slightly thought because I don't love confrontation (laughs) it's not my Mm, favorite thing in the world (laughs) I've always thought you know let's keep everyone happy and that that's my favorite place if everyone's happy and we're all happy with each other then I'm happy and that's my preferred state but I'm also a realist and I know that's not the case and you know there were lots of voices and there was lots of noise about the future of our industry and how people were dealing with it and what was right to do and what wasn't right to do right down to the really granular stuff of you know dealing with your clients asking for a refund because their wedding is cancelled and what I actually decided was that it was my time to really express in a much more undiluted fashion how I believe it is right to run a business right which 
which is, I'm not talking about anything revolutionary here. I'm actually just talking about openness, transparency, kindness, being thoughtful, being calm. And I'd not really done that much before, I don't think. I see. Almost like your values, you were able to. Yeah. Right. And it, and, and I think something sort of fell into place in that moment because I was also writing my book at the time. And just that little uh, <laughs> yes. side. And it just sort of, I don't know, it just all sort of, it all sort of fell into place. And I think I, because I was, because I was showing up more, because I was really not being forced because it was by choice, but choosing to be the voice of my community. Yeah. I just felt like I just felt a bit more powerful about the message that I wanted to say. And what do you think, if you could crystallize that message, what would it be? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> Probably multiple, but ultimately when you run a business, the buck stops with you and only you can make the choices that will move you forward. Whatever, whoever you feel like blaming and um, whatever situation or cause or group of people or circumstance, it is you that will be successful. That needs silence behind it. <laughs> That's a good sentence. It, and also, I, it is you who will be successful. It's powerful enough in itself. Because the problem is, and the problem, I know so many industries were faced with this, but, you know, let's use the wedding one. It's a pretty good example. The carpet had been whipped out from under our feet and nobody chooses that. Nobody said, oh, this year, what we'd really love in the wedding industry is a pandemic, please. That means weddings can't take place. Nobody wanted that. But you have to find a place. If you're going to navigate any sort of situation, you've got to find a place where you come to terms with the fact that that is the situation. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to focus on what is possible and what you can do. And that actually sounds like when we started talking, you were saying, you know, I left my, I was still in my corporate job. I had my new baby. I'd started my business. There's resonance with what you're saying there around making choices, moving yourself forward, doing whatever you need to do to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Can I ask you, kind of going back to the idea of your, who you coach, there's actually two parts to this that I want to ask you because you've niched almost in two areas, haven't you? You've, you've, you, you obviously have corporate and then you're a photographer and then you've decided to move into coaching. Actually, I don't know the order. It might've been coaching and then wedding business coaching. Faye, I'll just pause. Can you hear the noise? No. Can you hear it's absolute hail? <laughs> right on. No way. Really loud. If you can't hear it, then that's fine. I'll just keep going. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So those two areas of niche, I suppose you could say, how did you come to the niche you're in now? And I'd love to know particularly like the struggle you may have had to get there because I'm sure you have this too when you're supporting your businesses around your, their messaging and around who they help. When I do this with my clients, it's one of the hardest areas to come to if it's not happened naturally. Um, so I'd love to know about that from you. Mm. And, yeah. So I started teaching actually. So after starting my photography business, I was approached by a photography school to go and teach wedding photographers mm. and it was brilliant I was so excited because I like not performing that's not the right description but I love 
using my way of explaining a situation to, to make breakthroughs with people. So I was really excited to do that. And I always thought that would be the path. I will teach people photography. And of course, I, and in fact, I still teach at that school now, but there's such a huge element of running a business in the wedding industry that is nothing to do with your camera or your cake or your flower or your whatever it might be. There is a huge gap for most people that enter uh, the wedding industry and that is how to run a business. And so my progression was photography to photography teacher to coach and when I started my coaching business, I had, and I honestly, it feels like just yesterday, I had this conversation with my coach at the time about niching. And I really did it about the niche because I had so much inside of me that was saying, just coach everyone, Faye, because, you know, I can impact lots of people and I can make change. I can create change and facilitate change. For so many people, it doesn't just have to be somebody who's a wedding photographer or a wedding florist. And I really went round and round and round in circles. And then I landed back on wedding industry. So my business has always been wedding industry, but it's not been without its inner battle over niche. (laughs) Because I think the reason... I have this and so many people have this and probably why it's become a a topic of of a podcast is because you go back to this, this like, I must make my net as as big as it possibly can be so that I can fill it with as many people as I can so that I can sustain my lifestyle or fulfill my goals or reach whatever it might be. And so I think in the back of my head, it was always that that was causing me to think outside, which is crazy because when you look on paper, like my experience of running a business is in the wedding industry. Right. I know it like the back of my hand. I can, I, honestly, I, I feel like I know every nook and cranny of this industry. So why would I possibly like shun that in favor of let's help everyone? Right. Um, does that make sense? Yes. And what I was going to ask you is when you said, I know I can help everybody, that was referring to at this point in your mind, it was a everybody. It wasn't a every photographer or every, what, where I, was that? I was thinking every small business owner. Right. That's what I kept thinking. Yeah. Honestly, I remember having this conversation with my coach and I was like, well, you know, why could I not help? And at the time I'd been approached by a lady who runs a yoga school in my village. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, why couldn't I help that woman? But I can help this woman over here who's starting a photography studio in my local village because they're very similar. They're my kind of person. The only difference is yoga and photography. And I followed my intuition. My intuition told me it's the wedding industry that you want to stay with. And every now and again, honestly, it's like a little niche voice pops up on my shoulders. Like, are you sure you don't want to fix the world, Faye? And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm just in my niche. These are my people. (laughs) Um, So what I realize now is the wedding industry is the vehicle in which I travel to find my people and help and support them. It just so happens that those people work in the wedding industry. Yes, I love that because it's not like you're saying, well, I only talk about one thing in the wedding industry as well. You you have such a vast array of skills that you can help so many people within that. Yeah, 
so yeah that's what I landed on and then of course the the wedding business club came about and the that little niche voice was right up there again <laughs> and <laughs> I remember saying I was like well maybe it could be called the creative business club interesting not the wedding business club but the question that you have to ask yourself in that situation is would this be as compelling for my community if it didn't have that label and I think people need to be seen and heard and like oh that's for me because I am in the wedding industry and and you know it could be even more niche than that there are other groups and communities and memberships that focus on you know one part of the wedding industry it's not like I'm you know the the queen of niching it can go more than that but I totally get that pain and that niggle of maybe I should just help everyone I truly understand that and (laughs) I love what you said especially about I could niche even further I think when you've been more confident to niche in a particular space you actually realize you know there's there's so many micro parts to this aren't there like you could just be doing you could say you're a mindset coach within the wedding industry for a particular type of the business at a particular time of their business so what do you do people come into your club also not quite sure about their niche and and do you use the same technique with them that you went through for yourself yeah absolutely in fact (laughs) I did a workshop on this once where I said niche hard and then the hashtag niche hard was like all over my stories but I think people absolutely have to do this um I tell the story of it was about it must have been like it was after the Olympics so I think it was 2013 and I had started to explore niches within my wedding photography business because mm-hmm. I was very aware that this was a powerful thing to do in your business and and I'll be honest I sort of fell into a niche, Mm. which was working with brides who had anxiety around photography and actually just being a bride, you know, it's not the most natural thing for a lot of women. If you are at all an introvert, the idea of standing up a fancy dress or walking down an aisle with all the eyes on you can be very overwhelming. And I sort of had, had fallen into this because the language that I was using on my website, the approach that I had at wedding shows, had just spoken to a a, a group of people. And it was that summer, so it must've been 2013. I had about four or five brides who were all almost identical with their feelings for, I know I want amazing photos, but I'm utterly terrified. And, um, you know, some people with pretty severe anxiety around it. And I tweaked the narrative on my website to really talk to these people. I'd added a page about how I get the best out of people who perhaps don't feel natural in front of the camera. And it wasn't before long that I was being featured on other people's blogs as being the wedding photographer who helps anxious brides. So it was all sort of happening. I hadn't planned it. The power of having that story behind my brand was huge and I say it's like the homecoming when you find a business or a brand that you're like these are the people I was looking for this is it you have that homecoming moment of oh I've arrived this is the person and it made booking people so easy oh see because they've already brought into your story right yeah and they've not read that on anyone else's website yes how do you think 
Moving away from the wedding industry then, how do you think coaches could help themselves or we as their coaches, let's say as well, can help coaches around us support their niches? And I and I talk about this in the context of knowing anecdotally and evidentially that there are more and more coaches coming into the industry, right? So niching is I'm going to say vital, and yet I know that there are opinions on that, which is don't worry about niching at least until you're year five, you know, because it will have worked for somebody. So it again, contentious issue. But how do yeah. we help coaches around us, our clients or not, to understand or to fulfill more of their niche, even if it happens a bit like what you're saying, kind of falling into it? I think we've just all got to be better at tuning into our superpowers because let's be clear even the best coach in the world with the best business cannot solve every single problem that comes their way they cannot be right for every single person that needs a coach it's just it's just not possible it's just it's not it's not real life is it so I think diluting the message and it's one of the issues I've got with the coaching industry is that the message of being a coach has been diluted because Mm -hmm. there are so many people with the label coach okay well for who what you know what is it that you facilitate that your person cannot do without you and even if that's just one thing like be that person who has that one thing and then you will become known for that one thing your superpower and relinquishing control of every other ounce of success that that person may ever have what do you what do you tell me what you mean by that relinquishing control of every other ounce of success that person might have so if you're a coach who specializes in helping someone Uh, create video content let's say that's what you do okay totally random be that person who does that and is the very best at that not I help you do make amazing video content and I also do this and this and this and this and this and this and this because it's watering down the message of you being the queen of that one thing and I don't know about you but I don't really want if I'm making an investment in a coach for a particular reason I don't want to be like well I bought the jack of all trades no I want to know that I went to the person that specializes in helping people just like me solve the problem that I am experiencing and I will feel good about putting my money on the table on a personal note around that as well I'm nearly eight years nearly a decade into my business and as I get further I now want really specific coaches Mm -hmm. so specific I can't find one particular (laughs) one that I'm looking for around my business because I'm like it's not quite that it's a Mm. bit of that and that and that and now again I don't think I'm asking that too much actually it just I need somebody to to articulate the the niche yeah but you know what if you found that person and they were all in on that niche you would have that homecoming experience your money would be on the table before you could even think about it wouldn't it absolutely yes and also because you'll appreciate this right because I I'm a coach with experience and now I coach coaches right which is the whole discussion around the pyramid scheme but (laughs) I think because I'm wise to it from two sides I'm wise to it as a customer and as a coach myself so I'm really difficult I think to not be coached but you know find the right thing because I'm looking for it what what they, is what they're saying actually what they're offering <laughs> yes. <Find that> out. <laughs> like it's only one thing I want but are you actually going to do 
so yeah I feel like it, it's so important that we that we get that right it really is and it does take courage it, it does take bravery to put a label on it because that's essentially what you're doing is saying this is the thing I'm really freaking awesome at yes and that can stir up some stuff can't it because you know if you're saying I'm the coach who will help people you know with their video content in that example you're claiming that as your thing essentially and one of the things that can come up with that right is that once you do that you may still you you kind of think yeah I've got this amazing niche and it's really we we know we think it's very very niche it's not actually because then you start seeing all these other exactly like similar coaches you're like what yeah I've been really specific yeah but of course, what we realize is no one can be us and no one can. can well, it, exactly. And that's, you know, that's the joy of it. I'm a realist. There, there are other communities. There are other memberships that sit in the wedding industry in mm. the UK. And I am grateful for that. I don't ever want those to not exist. I cannot run, you know, there's 140,000 wedding business owners in the UK. Ooh. I can't have them all in my membership. Like I wouldn't be right for everybody, would I? So I'm grateful for the the variance. And yeah, but you've you've got to find your unique way of doing what it is you do. So Faye, where do you think, again, slightly twofold on the question, but where do you see the wedding industry go and specifically the wedding business industry in around the next decade and your therefore your support as a coach in that space what's going to happen with it well I think the wedding industry is going to have it's just going to be huge there will be the biggest boom um I think 2022 which is good because I like the number two is going to be huge because we crave personal connection seeing our family partying until our feet hurt all of those things, like everything that somebody is wanting right now is a wedding. Like all of those things that we miss, hugging, kissing, dancing, drinking, eating, all of it is in a wedding. And so I think we're going to experience the biggest boom we've ever seen. And I'm very grateful for that because there's a lot of people that really, really need it. With that comes new people entering the industry, new blood, as it were, new ways of thinking. And, you know, the scarcity mindset when you're right at day one of your business. And I remember being at a wedding show once and just standing there and thinking, well, my business is never going to succeed. There's so many photographers in the world and blah, blah, blah. You know, all of that, you know, shizzle you give yourself in your own head. And I think the industry relies on new ideas and new ways of thinking and, you know, that flexibility of being more inclusive to underrepresented groups in the wedding industry, Mm. new ways of celebrating love and making sure that whoever wants to get married can get married Mm. and can have exactly what they want. So I think it's going to be boom time for the industry. And, you know, what does that mean for me? Well, it means that I get the fabulous job of helping my clients navigate Mm -hmm. running their successful business, because that's all I want for them. You know, it's not just about helping people get the bookings. It's about getting the right bookings. Yes. The right people so that they can live the lifestyle. Yes. And have 
the peace of mind and enjoy working with a client that make them happy. Oh, that's so good. You know what? Something else that's come to mind. I don't mean to put a negative spin on it. I mean it positively. If you've said, you, you said, you know, it's almost like we've had a trauma, a global trauma full stop and your industry had traumatic experiences. I wonder whether part of your work will be helping people come out of that as well, knowing that they can build a business on, you, you know, remaining successful years and not yeah. go back to 2020 mentally. Absolutely. I think there will be people who will, you know, it still feels like an open wound and we've got to get it to a stage where it feels more like a scar and something that they can work through because, yeah, it was not a nice experience to have everything just, like I say, the carpet whipped from under your feet. Confidence is growing again. Yeah. And that's making me feel really, really happy. Yeah, I can feel it. It, it feel, I feel it. I'm like, you're right. I do. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I know. I was like, I need to not just work at these things. I want to go to one. So if anyone's getting married. <laughs> Get your silly hat out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, good times will be coming back yeah. for sure. Oh, that's lovely to think about. Faye, where you are now, you have, you're an author, you're a podcaster as well. You're a community host. Where can people find you? And what have you got coming up in the next few months that you, I can direct people to as well? So the best place to find me is Instagram. So I'm Faye Cornhill, Faye with an E, or my website, faycornhillcoaching.co.uk. What do I have coming up? Well, we will open the doors again to our community in May. Mm. Um, and I'm also running a relatively big event that was postponed from last year, later in the year. So that's going to come up sort of autumn time. In person or online? In person. <gasps> my goodness <laughs> remember when there were people together in rooms that sort of thing <laughs> but yeah I'd yeah come and if anyone's listening and they have a question about niching it, you, you know even if you're nothing to do with the wedding industry feel free to send me a dm on instagram oh it's brilliant and it's funny isn't it I was going to say just remind us who you work with it's just <laughs> that's I feel like we've covered that <laughs> Thank you, Faye. It's been really lovely to have you on the podcast today. Have a really nice rest of your day, won't you? Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.